Series 2, Episode 2, Step 1. Hi, I'm Chris, I'm an addict, and as always, amazing to have you with me. So, we're now moving on to the steps, and these are the steps of recovery. I'm going to take you through each episode with a step. So, for the next 13 episodes, we're going to visit each step as we go along. And I'm going to explain to you what each step means as we go through it. Now, just before we start, I just want to explain a little bit about the steps, a little bit more than what I did in episode one. So the first three steps that we're going to go through, step one, step two, and step three, are what is known as giving up steps. The steps are written in a way that you can only move on to the next step after you have completed the step before. And also just to remind you that this is not like a ladder where you're going to be climbing up each step to get to the top. It's not about dropping to the bottom or climbing to the top. It's about being given each step as a tool that you can use at any time that you need to use it. You can use step 12 when you get there, which is to reach out like I am to you to help others having had that spiritual awakening, which is what we're going to talk about. And you might have to go back to step one, not necessarily because you've slipped, but because you're dealing with something that is going to put your recovery in danger. So that's why it is really important not to feel you have achieved all the steps and you've done it now and now I'm, I'm well. These are the steps to maintain your remission of your addiction. Now, very important, which is uh, really, really, really important, is that I'm not giving you rules. There are not rules here. These are all suggestions. And the suggestions are based of why it works. And it works amazingly. And how they have worked for, for not only me, but millions of other addicts all over the world. Just remember, we are all individuals fighting the same disease. There are no exceptions or indifferences to this disease of addiction. We have maybe different journeys to addiction, as I've said, be it drugs, be it sex, be it alcohol, be it uh, pornography, be it whatever, that something that you are no longer in control of in your life that has taken control of you. As I have always said, and many have told me, don't look at the differences, look at the similarities. An attitude of indifference or intolerance towards spiritual principles will compromise our recovery, and it does. And that's why I ask you to be open-minded. The key to working these steps are honesty, open-mindedness, and a willingness. All you need to do for now is I just want you to listen and be open-minded as we go through each step. During this second series, what is the 12-step program of recovery, you're going to hear what each step is. And I will do my best to explain in the most simplest format that I understand of how each one works. All it needs in this program that is very simple, and I promise you it is, all it needs is a real desire to stop using and to be freed from the grip of addiction that you're in, as I was. While I'm explaining each step, we're gonna have guest speakers coming in who are gonna give their personal journey on each step. 
during these stories, you're going to hear certain things that they're going to mention that might seem confusing. They're going to talk about things like higher power of your understanding. Just be open-minded at this stage. You're going to hear about a course called the recovery course. And then you're going to hear also about people saying my sponsor and meetings like GA, NA, AA. These are called Gamblers Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Sex Addicts Anonymous, and All Addictions Anonymous. Don't worry. I'm going to explain how that works. So, take a breath. Don't worry. As I said, if you don't understand some of these things, just put it to one side. I will go through each one uh, as we progress with these steps together. One thing I promise you is you're never going to be left behind. The only person who might choose to get left behind is you, if you choose not to proceed, or not to continue, or not to listen to how so many other addicts are dealing with their addiction and in remission. I want you to have that. I want you to have what I have. I want you to have what millions all over the world have, and I'm going to show you how. By the end of this series, you will understand what each step is. Please remember, the series is to help you understand the 12-step program. So, for the next 13 weeks, we're going to walk through the steps. I'm not going to ask you to do anything except listen and take notes if you want to help you. Before we get into the step one itself, I'm going to go and read you all the steps. I don't want you to try and work them all out. I just want you to listen to them, and it will give you a good picture of the journey we're about to take. Step one. We admitted that we were powerless over our addiction and that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two. We came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. Step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand Him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral infantry of ourselves. Five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, we humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings. Eight, we made a list of all persons who we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, we made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except to do so would injure them or others. 10, we continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. That is the 12 steps. Let's move on now. Let's get on with the 12-step program as we hit step one. We admit that we were powerless over our addiction and that our lives have become unmanageable. I'm going to quickly hand over to Nigel, who is the founder of the uh, addiction recovery course, which I have mentioned before. 
and he's going to give a quick one-minuter on what step one is for him. Hello, and thank you for tuning into the recovery course. My name's Nigel, and firstly, I'd like to encourage you by saying you've probably just made one of the most important decisions, if not the most important decision, in your life so far by clicking on this link. Over the last 85 years, the 12-step programme has restored the lives of literally millions of people like ourselves who've seen our behaviour running increasingly out of control and in the process, stealing many of our closest and dearest relationships. Step one says, we admitted we were powerless over our addiction and our lives had become unmanageable. There's one word that sums this step up and that's denial. The pretense that things are not as bad as they really are. We find ourselves saying, I could stop if I want to. My addiction is not as bad as people say it is. I'm not really doing myself any harm. Deep down though, we know this is a lie. And if I'm brutally honest, I'm scared. Scared that I'm being controlled by something that I have no real control over. But the good news is we can change and the change can be for good. This course is not intended to merely improve the quality of our existence, but to enable us to have a fresh start, a new life, and to experience the freedom that deep down we all long for. Some of the steps can be tough and they will require courage on our part, but it is only when we begin to see ourselves as we really are and don't try and pretend that we're something other than what we are, that we will begin to find freedom. So, welcome to the start of this exciting new journey. Thank you, Nigel. So, step one, we admit we were powerless over our addiction and our lives have become unmanageable. I'm going to break it down. We admit we were powerless over our addiction. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, it means that we have broken through the denial that the disease of addiction has just wrapped us up in, that we have feared seeing the truth, or we no longer see the truth, and we're just living each day just to fulfill the needs of our addiction, whatever that might be. We realize that we, at that point in time, when we are powerless, that we can't, we can't control it anymore. It has taken control of our lives and that we are powerless over that addiction. We realize that we cannot use drugs anymore. We cannot, we cannot carry on like this. It was an admission only I could make for me to go forward and start the healing process. I remember very clearly Step one, it was um, a realization after trying so many times to stop myself that I could not do this. this. This had beaten me, it had taken over my life, I was unable to live a normal life and everything and anything was surrounded by the how I was going to get the drugs or alcohol, how I was going to get the money to get them and then getting them and using them. And that, as I said, was my life. And I did, I got to a point where I realized I was completely out of control. I did not have control over this thing that I did not understand, 
that controlled my life for its needs and not mine and was killing me. So I recognized that I had become powerless over my addiction. And as far as unmanageable is concerned, my life was a mess. My life was completely a mess. I had lost all my money, let alone I'd lost my job. I'd lost a lot of friends. I had lost the confidence and belief in my family. My family just did not trust me. And I had completely become isolated and I was just not interested in anybody else because all I needed to focus on was surviving this hunger that this disease had over me. And the unmanageability was just a disaster. There was nothing good that was left behind. And the greatest and saddest thing about it, I realized that the person who I really felt deep inside I was, was not living anymore and had been taken over. My life had represented that in my life. My unmanageability, I was unreliable, I was unpredictable, my moods were unpredictable, my behavior was unpredictable. There was everything that was unpredictable, could be un unpredictable, was unpredictable, and that was me. And I didn't eat properly, I, I weighed a ridiculous weight of 42 kilos when I came off. My lifestyle was, there was no lifestyle. Um, as, I, as, as, as I, was, I was just depending on trying to survive. So that is where I ended up when I walked in to the rehab. And then they explained the steps as I'm explaining to you. And then we went through each step at a time. Step one, um, at the time, I was just going through withdrawals. I was physically in a lot of pain and spiritually completely empty and very, very scared and very frightened. But step one, when people explained to me what powerlessness was, because I had no idea what they meant by powerlessness. And they also talked about powerlessness and damage. And I was trying to, what is powerlessness and what damage are they talking about? I just sat and listened to what others were saying and slowly I began to understand what powerlessness and damage and, and a life that was unmanageable was. And I began to see myself because I was prepared to be open-minded and listen. And of course, the first thing I started doing, which was to see the differences and I couldn't relate to a lot of people because they were really worse than me. But slowly I began to see the similarities and the similarities were very clear to me. And I realized, yes, I am an addict and I do need help. And I have been ruled by this addiction that I cannot even begin to fathom or understand, but I'm gonna reach out for help. And that is how my journey began with step one. And I hope as we progress now that you're going to have a similar journey, but it's gonna be your own personal journey. I'm gonna now ask uh, a very good friend, um, Dudley, who very kindly has given me his journey on step one for you to hear what he has to say. What's interesting about Dudley is that his addiction was gambling, but he recognizes all the other addictions that he has because he is an addict. He's not a gambling addict, 
although that was his activity, he recognizes he is an addict. He is caught in the disease of addiction. So I'm going to leave it up to Dudley for you to listen to and for his story. Hi, I'm Dudley and I'm a compulsive gambler. By the grace of God, I'm now 19 and a half years clean. I've been asked to give a brief talk on my experience of step one, powerlessness over my addiction and my life becoming unmanageable. Now, I could go on to describe all of the writings on this step that I've been lucky enough to come across. I could tell you why I think it's so important to do the steps and so forth. But realising that my experience is bound up in the experience of all of us who declare ourselves to be addicts, I thought to share a few thoughts on what it is that keeps me clean. If it were true that a simple belief in God would do it, then the GA literature or the AA Big Book or any of the others would be a very short book. It would simply say something like, God will keep you clean, have a great life. But it doesn't work that way. Yes, I believe that God is responsible for keeping me from taking that next bet, but I am responsible for maintaining a fit spiritual condition. And only when I do that am I able to be spiritually connected enough to God to hear the message that I need to hear that will keep me from that next bet. So what I have to do is to ensure that I maintain contact with God, as our program teaches us, conscious contact. And a part of that is coming to meetings, working with sponsors, engaging with the program and doing talks like the one that you're listening to do to now. You see, in my story, I landed up in a condition where I was essentially living as a tramp. Um, and I thought that this all had a lot to do with just simple bad luck. However, if I think I'm waking up now every day making a choice to not gamble, that I'm missing the point. I have no choice. And if you doubt that, then ask yourself if you've made a choice to come to GA or NAAA, whatever it might be, when you were in a sound mental condition. As I've just highlighted, my life got to a point where I was not in a sound mental condition. And it was not my best thinking that got me to GA. It was my condition that got me there. I had no choice. It was either carry on the way I was and die or come to GA. I was drawn to GA, not by choice, but by necessity and desperation. If it had been my choice, I would probably have preferred to go somewhere else that didn't involve a, a vital spiritual revolution in me. Perhaps someplace where they would tell me it was okay if I could do a little controlled gambling, as a lot of people seem to think is possible. But if you're a real compulsive gambler like me, then you must know. You have no choice. I'm not involved in the decision to gamble. Not now, and not ever. I'm lucky that I get to work with a lot of addicts and gamblers so that I can maintain an essential connection with this first step. If I don't maintain that connection, then I begin the dance of death. Firstly, the people I work with will start to decrease. Then the use of the program. Then my connection to those that I love. The first death will be the idea that I am a spiritual being. But eventually, everything of value to me will die. The four favourite words that I hear of a person who is busy taking the road to death, and I know because I've been there myself, are I know and yes but. I hear people say that the most important thing for them is to not gamble, or that maybe it's their sobriety. But the most important thing is a conscious contact with God, conscious contact with God. Choice comes from will, and there are times when will, from which choice obviously springs, will blindside you into believing that it knows a better way. I love it when people say they know what will happen to them when they gamble. I wish that were true for me. I have no idea what will happen if I gamble. No idea at all. Except that I do know that it will lead to chaos. So I need to know what are the states of mind that cause me to gamble. 
I have no effective defense against the desire to gamble. Consequences don't keep me away. Self-knowledge doesn't keep me away. What keeps me away is a fit spiritual condition, and that is brought about by connection. I say again, I am responsible for a fit spiritual condition. I'm struggling a bit with that one today. Not God. I need to be grounded in step one. It's been a very long time since my life was unmanageable, but almost daily I get the glimpse of the nature of me that somehow desires to get me back there. We often hear people talk about and grapple with the idea that there is something within us addicts that wants to self-destruct. We don't know why this is. Many of us will go through years of therapy and perhaps even religious processes. Perhaps we will find some comfort there. More likely, as is certainly the case with me, I will gain self-knowledge, but in that process I will be replacing the idea of powerlessness with that of my inherent power, and that is the route to Armageddon. I grapple with the idea of powerlessness. It conjures in me the idea of weakness and a lack of self-efficacy. But the paradox is that the more I accept and live out my powerlessness, the more powerful my life force seems to become. I couldn't even remotely tell you why that should be, but I once heard the idea that it's a little bit like electricity. We have no power whatsoever over the flow of electrons, and yet we take for granted that when I flick a switch, the power of its flow will be used to enhance my life. To me, it's much the same with gambling. I'd like to end with another paradox. We say that the only requirement for membership of our fellowship is a desire to stop. Yet I now have stopped for a long time, and so I no longer have the desire to stop. Perhaps this should mean that I am no longer eligible for Gamblers Anonymous membership. Yet I no longer desire to gamble either, and to maintain that, I need to desire a spiritual connection with all of you. I can't, but we can. Thank you. Thank you, Dudley. And I just find it amazing listening to other people's stories with step one. And to just, first of all, recognize how powerful addiction is and the different journeys or the different tentacles that addiction has that can grip you and gambling being Dudley's. And I think he explains it beautifully in a way that I couldn't do. I, I have my own way of explaining it, but he has his. And that is what it's about. And it's for us, as I say, to see the similarities of a story like that. I'm going to wrap up now. And the next episode is going to be on step two. However, I think you should give yourself a day just to absorb of what you've heard uh, me talk about. And if you want to get on the internet and look at more about step one in the Alcoholics or Narcotics or All Addicts Anonymous program, go ahead, just read through and get as much information uh, that you need and any questions that you need answered because that's where the true answers are of other people's stories as well as the absolute basis of this incredible 12-step program of recovery. So with that, I'm going to just say God bless, take it easy and remember... Keep it clean.